Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Top Shelf Sports Talk. You're hanging out in the sports bar with Danger and Battaglia on the Sports Leader. 95.7 FM and AM 950. The Fan. Rochester. Well, today's practice, one Bills drive, wasn't without any incident. Lots of go, lots of goings on with Sean McDermott speaking before practice. What happened on the practice field, and we've got some clarity as far as who will be on the field come Monday night. To break it all down with us, Alex Brasky of the Batavia Daily News joining us now in the sports bar. So, Alex, we get McDermott saying in his press conference before practice, yeah, there's a back injury there for Micah Hyde. He won't be on the practice field. How surprised were you when you actually got on the practice field? You saw Micah Hyde practicing. Yeah, I think we all were in attendance. First of all, thanks for having me, guys. I think all of us in attendance, in terms of the media, were surprised to see Micah Hyde minutes after Sean McDermott said that he would not be out there, but I think we've seen it before with veterans where they may be nursing an injury that may not allow them to practice fully, but they like to get out there, show the media that they're not dead yet. They might be getting older, but they're still out there. They're still trying to remain healthy. And I think that's what we saw from Micah Hyde today. He participated in limited fashion. He was out there during individual drills, and then he went off to the side about midway through at his back stretched out by head athletic trainer Nate Bresky. I'm not sure if this is a concern in the short term, but I think if you look at this in the in the grand scheme of things with Hyde coming off his injury last year, getting up there in age, this is certainly a concern moving forward if he is to encounter injury struggles once again this season and, and, and have to struggle through those. But I, I don't think it's anything to be concerned of in, in terms of his status for week one quite yet. We'll learn more tomorrow, but certainly was a surprising sight to see Hyde out there after McDermott said he wouldn't be. Yeah, I guess, Alex, and it's one of those storylines that we kind of overlook because, well, the Bills were winning games and everything was fine last year. The secondary was never together last year. Tredavious White didn't come on to the end of the season. Micah Hyde, of course, going out um, a- after week two. And today you get the announcement that it will be Christian Benford as the starting corner opposite Tredavious White. Um, right, this isn't a surprise. Clearly, Benford was uh, the best of the bunch, correct? Yeah, I think as the preseason wore on, Benford certainly separated himself from Jackson. And those two had separated themselves from Kyer Elam a few days or perhaps weeks before that. Benford just offers more consistency than Elam at this point and presents a higher ceiling, I think, than Dane Jackson. He's got more ability to be physical in the running game, and his instincts really stand out as two things that, that are really above and beyond both of those aforementioned players. Jackson, a consistent player, but I'm not sure – You can never count on him to make the explosive play or or the game-changing play, whereas Benford may be a better chance to do so, whereas with Kyrie Elam, he just has not shown that consistency, particularly 
in zone coverage, which the Bills play a lot of. And, and I think that's where you saw him fall a bit behind. But Benford certainly appears to me to be the best option at this point with that consistency and that instinctual play that he can offer to the Bills' defense. Alex, do you really believe that, or do you believe that through the course of the season that this could be a matchup-dependent thing, that the starter might actually be dependent on who they're facing on a week-to-week basis? Well, I think that they're going to try to give Benford a chance to remain at the top of the depth, well, second on the depth chart at that position, to gain some consistency. I don't think they ever got that last year. Benford only played in, I believe, nine games. He struggled with some injuries. And Gene mentioned it. It seemed like everybody within that secondary took their turn uh, encountering the injury bug last year. So I think best-case scenario, they'd like Benford to come in here, put a stranglehold on things, and really move forward week-to-week and and, and become that consistent starter. But I'm not so sure that that will be the case. As you mentioned, we saw them last year kind of do a bit of rotation, and they do still like Dane Jackson. So perhaps we do see that as a matchup week-to-week, but... I think best-case scenario is Benford to lock this down and, and to provide some consistency at that number 2 cornerback position. From Bill's Digest and the Batavia Daily News covering practice today, uh, Alex Braski, our guest here in the sports bar. Uh, Sean McDermott, also the announcement, and maybe this is a little surprising, I really didn't know, um, that Terrell Bernard is going to be starting at middle linebacker. Did Bernard really earn this, or was it, well, we didn't really like what we saw out of Dodson, so let's try the next man up. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. And contrary to the right guard spot where I'm not sure if Ryan Bates did anything to lose the job, it was more so Osiris Torrance winning the job. In this case, I think Dotson lost the job with his performance during training camp in the preseason. With Bernard's injury coming up, I think the final day of training camp at St. John Fisher, that didn't allow him to participate in any of the Bills' preseason games And for the Bills to still put him out there as the week one starter just shows you how tentative they are with putting Dodson in that situation. And who could blame him? He seemed late to get to the play at times throughout the preseason. His instincts didn't seem to quite be be there. And while Sean McDermott complimented his ability to call the defense and, and, and take leadership of the defense, he never really seemed to compliment his play on the field. So... I think signs were pointing to Bernard at least being given a chance to work in there as the game progressed, but what you see is the team just making a decision and saying, we're going to go with this second-year guy and see what he's got, despite having no action during the preseason. Now, Alex, I get the sense that it's his job to lose, that he's that guy as long as he performs at a high level, because since the last time we spoke, the Bills did add Christian Kirksey to the practice squad do you think there's a chance we see him here uh but you know injuries will happen hopefully they don't but you know is there something other than an injury that could force Kirksey into a into a role on the active roster I think your initial two questions I would answer affirmatively to both of them I think this is Bernard's job to lose and if he's able to come out of the gates quickly and prove capable calling the defense and and also performing on the field I don't think they're going to think twice about keeping him in there, but if he does show some struggles and and does lack the consistency that they're looking for from the middle linebacker position, perhaps they do take a look at Kirksey, who currently resides on the practice squad, but does have a bit of experience in the defense and is a veteran player, so his acclimation to the Bills' defensive system should come a little bit quicker than 
it would in most circumstances. So I think it is Bernard's job to lose, but if he doesn't get out of the gates quickly, we could see Kirksey definitely gaining on his heels and, and maybe the fans calling for an in-season trade, which I'm not sure we would see the Bills do, but certainly some pressure would be applied to Bernard both within the building and within the fan base if he's unable to kind of solidify that role over the first week or two of the season. Bills and Jets coming up Monday. Our pregame coverage will begin at 4 o'clock Monday. Uh, Alex Brasky with Bills Digest and the Batavia Daily News. And Alex, a practice today, something noticeable going up in the fieldhouse. Tell us about the new signs or, or signage going up in the fieldhouse today. Well, I think they were just asked about really for the first time today. They've been up there for quite some time. I believe they've been in there since the spring. And really what that is, I think, it's just a escalation of what Sean McDermott has been preaching to this team since he took over as head coach in 2017. With athletes, you always need to raise the bar. And it's gone from playoff caliber to championship caliber to now, I think McDermott's telling his guys, we expect to win a championship this season, not just compete for one. And as Meek, as the great rapper Meek Mill once said, Danger, I know you're big on the music scene. I know it's not Doja Cat, but there's (laughs) levels to this. And I think there's levels to Sean McDermott's motivation for his players. And I think that's what you're seeing, just an escalation of his kind of visualization, excuse me, of his leadership and and displaying that to his guys and, and trying to up the ante for his team this season. Does it work with professionals? I mean, we've seen this from every coach has it, and we saw the the signage at camp last year. Find a way, you know. We hear Dion Sanders deliver a pregame speech in Colorado that just melts your face and makes you want to run through a wall. You're talking about kids in that situation, but does it work with professional athletes who make millions of dollars? I would first tell you that you would have to ask a professional athlete. That would be the easy way out. By no means am I in that mentality or anything. No, just your opinion. What do you think? But I would say that it certainly doesn't hurt to to remind these guys what you're pushing for and, and, and what should be on their mind every day. And like I said, for some of the guys that have been there for quite some time, since 2017, 18, 19, whatever, you got to change the message and, and, and change the, the display of that message as well. And, and like I said, I think that that's just what McDermott is trying to do. I think your point is, is well taken. I'm not sure how big of an impact it, it would have on an athlete. Maybe you'd have to go on a case-by-case basis. Like you had Von Miller bringing in, I think, the faux Lombardi trophy into the locker room last year. I think this is just kind of, I use the word already, escalation of that, but like I said, you'd you'd have to ask one of them, but if you were to ask me, I I would say it doesn't hurt. We're talking to Alex Brasky, Batavia Daily News, and funny thing is, like Alex, we can talk about middle linebacker, we can talk about corner two. Ultimately, this is going to come down to number seventeen, Josh Allen. If he has eh, kind of a same year, where he's turning the ball over, doing this. Uh, I don't know how far this team gets. I mean, what in your opinion? And, and are you seeing signs that? Josh Allen can actually take his game and become, say, an MVP in this league. Yeah, I think there were three factors that really played a big role in in Allen's, let's just call them struggles last year. I'm not sure how much he struggled. He was still one of the best quarterbacks in the league, still put up top-tier stats. But I think there were three factors that played into those. I think it was the health factor with his 
elbow injury that he encountered against the Jets. I also think the offensive line and, and, and that inconsistency up front played a role. And also just the lack of weapons last year and some of the weapons that returned this year maybe having down years a season ago, whether it be due to health or otherwise. And I think all three of those things are pointing towards being improved this year. And I think that's what it comes down to going into this season. Yes, Josh Allen has to stay healthy, but really it comes down to what surrounds Josh Allen this season. You have McGovern, Connor McGovern, the free agent signing at left guard, Osiris Torrance already mentioned the winning the right guard job, two new additions to the offensive line, trying to plug some holes up front. And then you have additional weaponry around him in Trent Sherfield, Deontay Hardy, and the rookie Dalton Kincaid. And you're also hoping for more out of Gabe Davis, who encountered the ankle injury, and more from Dawson Knox, who maybe took a, a incremental step back a season ago. And also you got James Cook looking at an explosive element to that offense. So if you ask me that question, I'm not so sure it comes down to Allen taking his game to another level because I think it's been there. For, for a few seasons now, I think what we've seen now is the Bills make the investment on the offensive side of the ball and, and give them, hopefully, what they're hoping is increased protection up front and that added weaponry to the outside, which will allow him to take that game to another level. Boy, Alex, we sure heard Sean McDermott heaping praise on his week one opponent. It's not uncommon for him to heap praise on on his week's opponent, but you know the Jets are you know one guy supposedly changes over a roster, and, and this is a different team going into this season. What's your outlook for the Bills and the Jets here come Monday night? How do you think this all shakes out? Yeah, Gene, thanks for mentioning earlier Bill's Digest. In the season kickoff issue, I did a week-by-week prediction. And for the Bills-Jets week one matchup, I got Bills 28, Jets 24. I think it'll be a close game, but I think the Bills are just a level better than the Jets. The Jets have that talented defense, that talented defensive front. Quinnen Williams inside, who is sure to present a tough test for the rookie Osiris Torrance when those two are matched up. Uh, across from one another at times this week. But I'm not so sure about this Jets offense. Aaron Rodgers coming off a down season where he endured some injury trouble. And really, though, I'm not sure about his weapons uh, along the outside. He brings in some familiar faces from Green Bay. But how talented is is Randall Cobb? Is Alan Lazard a a top-tier wide receiver? You do have Garrett Wilson coming off a rookie of the year season. But is he able to gain that rapport that you need with a new quarterback as quickly as they're going to need in a tough division like the AFC East. So I think there remains a lot to be seen for the Jets, not to mention their offensive line. They're running a 38-year-old left tackle out there and Dwayne Brown. And then on the other side, you have a question mark who, who it's uncertain what to expect from him. So I think there's a lot of question marks, especially on the offensive side of the ball for the Jets. And if they can get it all to come together, Yes, they could have a great season, but I think there there just remains so much to be seen, and and I think a lot of question marks on that offensive side of the ball for the Jets, and not to mention Aaron Rodgers getting older by the day. So, Alex, bold prediction season, and you you do have this article, you know, that, that's on newsstands. Okay, where, where do you see the Bills ending up here? We talked to Mapparino, Syracuse Post Standard yesterday. He said Bills in the Super Bowl. This is the year, Alex. Where do you see Buffalo ending up? I have them at 12 and 5, which is what I predicted in Bill's Digest. I do have them winning the AFC East at that mark. 
And I hate to echo your guest yesterday, but I, I agree with Matt. I see the Bills reaching the Super Bowl at the very least, and I think winning the Super Bowl this year. I think last year may have been a bit ahead of schedule, uh, and maybe they didn't have the roster they quite thought that they did, but making the additions that I mentioned before and a few more on the defensive side of the ball and having some of these younger players hopefully take a step forward in their progression, such as Bernard and Torrance and Benford, uh, among uh, a, a few others, I think the Bills could really take things to another level this year. And while they're flying under the radar, some of that pressure that was heaped upon them last year has been taken off while an added chip has been placed on their shoulder, which is kind of what fueled their run to begin with. They were the forgotten team, and, and it really took them a while to gain the the attention of the national media. And in one fell swoop, they've lost it now, and I think that's going to motivate them. Not that uh, motivation in terms of that is, is the end-all, be-all. I, I just think they're an improved team, and and I think they're they're a team destined for greatness this year. All right, you mentioned uh, Bill's Digest. Let our listeners know, Alex, how they can get their hands on a copy, and, and tell us about what you're covering there leading up to kickoff Monday night at the Batavia Daily News as well. Yeah, Bill's Digest. We had our season kickoff issue come out last week, I believe, so you can get your hands on that by logging on to Simple Cirque. That's simplecirc.com. And then you can just find Bill's Digest there. And it's really a great deal. You get seven issues, two during the season. Our next issue comes out November 5th. That's kind of a mid-season review updating you on all the comings and goings that have occurred throughout the first several weeks of the season. And then we really dive in deep throughout the offseason, providing you a deep look at free agency, a deep look at the draft, and so on and so forth. And not just my work that you see in there. You also see Joe Marino of Lockdown Bills work in there. You also see Western New York quarterback guru Jim Kubiak's work in there. And also Bills interim play-by-play announcer Chris Brown uh, provides some perspective within each issue. So look forward to that, Bills Digest. You can also just go to my Twitter account, at Alex Braskey. It's my pinned tweet. There's a link to subscribe. That's probably the easiest way to do it. And then also the dailynewsonline.com. We'll have top-notch coverage before, after the game, and, and all throughout the week uh, for uh, game, game weeks this season. Alex, I want to just compliment your Yankees for getting back to 500. Good job. You yeah, all think, excited, I buddy? I think they're doing their best to keep Aaron Boone is what they're trying to do, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, but certainly the players are, are – Putting their best foot forward for their manager here, wouldn't you say? Well, I, 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 boom, yeah, okay. But Cashman, we had our guy last week come on with us, and he said Cashman should have his name hyphenated. Cashman Steinbrenner. Mm-hmm. He's like a member of the family. He's not going anywhere. Alex. Man. Yeah, <laughs> that is a funny line, and I, I certainly don't think he's going anywhere. I think they've already kind of. Uh, revealed that by sending him out there to say his piece in a press conference late in the season and just the tone that he set during that press conference, I don't think you're going to see anybody different making the decisions in the Bronx anytime soon. Alex, you're the best. We'll see you around the Section 5 football fields, I'm sure, here coming coming up here in the next couple of weeks and keep up the great work covering the Bills, bud. Thanks, boys. Go Blue Devils! Yeah, okay, Batavia, a little Batavia, Batavia shout out. Yeah. The end. You know, is that is that becoming a thing with our guests, our regulars? 
They got to do a shot up before they uh, hang up with us. Maybe I, I, fate set the tone. And right. I can't it's hang really Catalana that set the tone. You know, I don't think he go mats. <laughs> Let's go mats. Click. <laughs> and then fates followed suit. And we could have go blue devils for from- blue devils. Batavia. Huh? Well, listen, Hey, you and I, that's that's in two weeks here, Batavia HFL. We should just lay it out now. I mean, the next two weeks for us, we've got some great Section Five games. Batavia HFL next weekend, this weekend, Canandaigua comes to U Prep. U Prep, yeah. The Canandaigua football team, Canandaigua Academy, Canandaigua Academy, Canandaigua football team. Yeah, Canandaigua, just Canandaigua. Yeah, nothing else. The Canandaigua Academy. Can we go with that's, that? We can like go with that. The Washington football team. The Canandaigua Academy. I'm thinking Mary, because it's not red, it's not scarlet, it's cherry is their uniform. So oh. I'm thinking cherry and silver. The cherry and silver here. Canandaigua. Mm. Yeah, well, that's going to be a lot of fun. That's uh, coming up Friday night for Gino and I. Uh, Friday night rivals on our uh, on CW there, CW Rochester. Love that. Love doing that, Gino. That's an honor and a privilege. And Batavia next weekend. Batavia HFL. Great rivalry. Great rivalry. Can't wait. Appreciate Alex stopping by. And sharing his wisdom from today's practice, Alex Brasky, Bill's Digest, and the Batavia Daily News. All right, more news and notes from around the NFL to get to. It's time for NFL appetizers to be served up. Uh, We'll get you those headlines, including a defensive lineman getting paid, becoming Mm. the highest paid defensive player of all time. We'll share some of the numbers surrounding Nick Bosa of the San Francisco 49ers. That's coming up. Happy hour right around the corner as well. Stay in the sports bar. Danger and Bataglia on the fan Rochester. Odyssey has sports for every fan. Keep up with your favorite teams from across the country and get the inside scoop from experts. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.